What up, y'all? We're back. We are doing. Yeah. Oh, you better say. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, if you don't know what the show is, because you thought you, uh, you know, tuned into the voice, because Corey <laughs> the, the laid out the vocals for your asses. Um, I don't. Okay. So we have Corey and I'm Judith and we are Tinseltown Tea. And uh, thank y'all for rocking with us. If this is, you know, you've been with us since, I don't know, day one. We're going into the 90s now with these episodes. But child, child. And we've been, honestly, we've been doing good. I mean, if it's your first time here, like, welcome. This is where we talk about black and brown creatives in the entertainment industry. We celebrate them. We um, talk about getting better as writers. And just a rundown of the show, we do a Would You Rather up top, and then we do a Know Better, Do Better, where we just share some encouraging words or some things we learned throughout the week that'll help us with our writing. Then we go into the news segment and we go through, you know, the news, but in the industry, but mostly black and brown stuff, because that's what we're here to celebrate. Then we do our main segment where we can do several things, right? We can read a script. Sometimes we have interview. Last time we had an amazing interview. Check out that last episode, honey. Um, so good. Um, we also do, sometimes we do all new segments, actually. But um, then we'll have an educational one where we'll focus about a particular uh, spot about writing. And then we'll also do like a review, whether it's a movie review or a TV review. So uh, spoiler alert, this time we are doing a script read. I know if y'all have read uh, the description, you already know that we're doing a script read. Um, and then our last segment is niggas you should know because we want to give people their flowers before they leave us. Okay. We honor those, um, in the industry, um, who deserve like to be praised quite frankly with their works and their talents, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, when it's sad, we do give flowers to those who have passed on. It's been a crazy, crazy two years. So a lot of great people have left us that we've given flowers to, but, all in all, it's the point of making sure that we recognize those who are doing amazing things in the industry. So with that, we're going to start off the show, y'all. And uh, I'm going to lob it over to my amazing co-host, Corey, who's going to give y'all the would you rather. Oh, and off top, y'all, I am um, in a different spot recording. So if it sounds echoey, please forgive me. We are doing our best. It's a lot going on, but I'm in a different room. So we're going to, we're going to keep it moving and we're going to keep it grooving. So go ahead, Corey. Hey, mm-hmm. you've been moving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're starting off with our would you rather, which we mm-hmm. all will do. It ain't nothing new. So don't be acting off the or whatever. <laughs> The one I have today, since it, we're going into spooky season, mm-hmm. you know I love me some spooky season. I'm That's a dark right. Person, like I say every episode, <laughs> I love all the horror, all the dark stuff. That's and, right. Yeah, so we're going into that season. So anytime that I have, would you rather just know it's going to be a very horror based? Would you rather? I love so, it. I love it. This one today. <laughs> Is uh, would you rather be hunted? So they haven't killed you, hunting you, mm. so that they can take your life. Okay, um, okay. Mm-hmm. But they do. This is like their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so would you be hunted by Freddy Krueger? And if y'all know who Freddy Krueger is, my bad. I'm not even gonna say nothing. I'm gonna go ahead and just explain because you never know. Yep. Is a I guess he's he his uh, movies would be slasher. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a mix of slasher, but he's basically a horror icon person. I don't know what they're <laughs> villain maybe. I think so. yeah. yeah, horror villain. Villain, a horror mm-hmm. villain in the horror genre, and he is. I don't know what he is. He was a mm. person. And then he died. He got burned alive. So yep. Burned face, burned skin. That's his mm-hmm. he Always wears a little fedora. Mm-hmm. He always has a little striped, little sweater on. And yep. signature thing that he kills people with is uh, he has razor uh, claws on his fingers, like really long. Mm-hmm. So that's like his thing. And he's a ghost, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and basically, he kills you in your dreams, which is wow. scary. Scary. Very and terrifying. We all have to go to sleep. So yes, eventually. Yeah. So one of the things <laughs> else is that they're like they try not to go to sleep, but eventually they always do, and that's when he'll get you. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's probably one of the the most scariest four villains. And then the other one, y'all. Oh, somebody in here? Mm-mm, I hope not. Nobody's in here. Okay. Oh, that is scared the fuck out. Oh my god. So I don't know if y'all know. Gives a little like doorbell. I think when somebody pops in the meeting, Mm. I'm hot in this shit, bitch. I got so scared. Oh my god. It might have been. It might have been me because I was chewing on something, so I just put it on mute for a little bit on my end. Oh, okay. Because I was like, oh my god, did Fred Hoover just? (laughs) Did we just enter the chat? Am I actually dreaming right now? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) other one very scary as what i love about him is he is a black horror villain still a villain still a killer but mm-hmm. he, we don't have a lot of like black horror movies yeah um, yeah that are good that's <laughs> um, true and i always thought one of the good ones that had a black lead or a black like a villain was candy man yeah i'll know a new re- or a new remake just came out and surpassed okay excellent. yeah yeah yeah. Nia DaCosta, she became the first, I think, black female director to have a number one yep. opening. Yeah, opening movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Go ahead and watch that plug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also older versions. The very talented, I forgot his, the actor's name, I'll bring it up later. Mm-hmm. And he's also very scary. Ooh, terrifying. Just a very, just both very scary people. Terrifying. Rather be hunted <laughs> by the Crooks or <laughs> I love uh, the shortened name, the Crooks. That's great. I love this for them. Um, I would say Candyman because I feel like I can avoid Candyman more, and representation matters. Yeah. So. <laughs> But like, also like knowing me, I would just like honestly cover up all my mirrors, make sure I don't say his name five times, like because I need to sleep. Like I cannot like I I, I just would do my due diligence because you have to summon him. You got to summon him on purpose. So mm-hmm. I make sure everyone knows not to say it. Don't even play with that. You know what I mean? Also, if you say it, that means he's chasing you. Okay, not me. Yeah, so I would do Candyman because the only way he coming forth to um kill you is if like you summon him, and I'm not going. I'm not summoning that man, man, no way. I don't even try. You know, I'm a scary person. Like it was a movie. It is not real. I the I went to see that movie. When I tell you, I did not utter the words Candy nor Man together as one word. Child. No, so I would I would rather because Fred I need to get some sleep. Freddie's gonna be in my dreams. It's too much. Like we have jobs, we gotta pay bills. I can't be walking around here looking like you know last week tonight bags under my eyes. Like I can't. Like it's too much. So I would say the latter because yeah, you have to be very specific, and I will never allow anybody in my circle nor myself to ever utter his name uh, that many times for and looking in the mirror for no reason. So it just won't happen. Mm-mm. Okay, mm-hmm. Candyman, basically what you said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm like I'm not playing with that. <laughs> at least get away from Candyman because I'm not going to bring him up on me. Freddie just roll up in your dreams? Like, oh, no. Never mind. Freddie be penetrating. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I actually... Oh, my God. So, I... I don't know if y'all are familiar with Halloween Horror Nights. Well, so, Halloween Horror Nights is, like, the Halloween thing that they do at Universal Studios. They oh, cool. The different haunted houses. Not cool. Not cool. Oh, ooh, okay. They have the different haunted houses. I went to the Orlando one and my cousin took me and my sister for the first time. I was like, in middle school. You should oh my God. Halloween Horror Nights, because it's at Universal Studios, which means that it's it's top tier haunted houses. Oh man. So they have sets, they have costumes. Everything looks absolutely like you're on a movie. Like yeah. Like imagine being plopped in the middle of a horror movie set. That's what these haunted houses look like. 
So that year they had Freddy Krueger and Leatherface and Jason as like the headliners. Um, <laughs> not headliner villains. I can't. <laughs> I went in that, the first house they went in was a Freddy Krueger one. Big mistake. Mm. I thought I was going to die for real. I, <laughs> girl, when I see that thing was the scariest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I really thought my life was going to be over. Girl. Everything. <sighs> I believe it. Um... So, with that being said, I might have to say Freddy, just because. Wow. House when I knew it was not real. Yeah. I literally thought that he was going to get me. Oh my god. So I don't want to be hunted by him, but out of the two, I would choose him because of the sheer terror that. Oh my gosh. What he's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh child. That was so. Ooh. I, but I. <laughs> just the thought of it. Now, I would say go to Holland Horror Night Show at Universal and oh. get you a little, a little fun, scary vibes going on. Nice. Mm. Ooh, it's a good, that's a good idea for a date. Though. Yeah, but make sure y'all both into it, though. Don't, don't, like, that wouldn't be a good day for me. That, <laughs> mm-mm, nope, mm-mm. But if you're, if you're, if, you're, if your partner's into it, yes, go for it. Because it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun, but not when you're in middle school and... <laughs> looks absolutely 100% authentically real and you feel like you're literally about to be killed. <laughs> I can't with the trauma we inflicting on babies. Out of there and did not stop. <laughs> Damn, that is too much. Y'all out the haunted house now, like, where y'all going? <laughs> y'all just kept going, okay? Just running. So, ooh, very, very scary. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, that is the very long would you rather. Hey, it was fun. That was fun. All right. Well, thank you for that would you rather. It was awesome. And um, yeah, I'm going to take y'all to the no better, do better. And um, yeah, the one thing I'm just piggybacking off of the awesome interview that we had last week with John Ellie and Mike uh, Gallo. And it was yeah, it was great. But one thing that stood out from that interview was uh, making sure that you make time to work on your stuff. I'm saying that because, you know, a lot of us are aspiring writers and we have jobs and we have responsibilities. And a lot of times, you know, it's hard to make that time to work on our stuff, not just other people's stuff. You know what I mean? Um, especially here in the industry, we have a lot of people who work in the industry to make ends meet and live, but also have to write their own stuff in order to get your own portfolio together. So it's all honestly like doing whatever you can to make sure you put that time in to work on your stuff so that you can cultivate your own writing voice, your own writing path, your own purpose within the industry, you know, discovering what you want. And um, yeah, last week, again, Mike said like, you know, when you do get in the writer's room, cause that's, you know, we're speaking it into life. Like, you will be working on somebody else's work, right? And so as you continue to learn and grow, it's important that you also work on your stuff because you have a story to tell. You have a perspective that's important in the industry. And in order to make that really strong, just like any muscle, you have to like exercise and practice and train. And with our work, we have to make time to like cultivate our work. So whatever you can do, the best that you can with the responsibilities and life in front of us, make sure to work on your own stuff so yeah that's the no better do better for me this week yes yes mm-hmm. great no better do better very mm-hmm. much to a lot of folks out there who yep. you know always be working on something putting things out or at least thinking about putting things out because it's yep. Very, very important to keep the muscle flowing and growing and all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for that, Miss Judy. (laughs) Thank you, ma'am. On to the news. Yes. Three stories today because we want to get to the main segment. So the very interesting story I actually never heard of. Um, Netflix is going to be releasing a biopic on Bayard Rustin. Ooh. 
directed and co-written by Ma Rainey's Black Bomb director, George C. Wolf. Um, Coleman Domingo, who was also in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, he played, ooh, I forgot. I think he was the, the leader of her Ma Rainey's band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he will star as Rustin alongside Chris Rock, Glenn Turman, and Audra McDonald. Big names. Ella Baker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Names. Um, so it's produced by Brock and Michelle's uh, Higher Ground Production. Okay. Academy Award winner Dustin Lance Slack, who I guess wrote the film Milk, co-wrote with Wolf, which makes sense because Milk was about Harvey Milk, who was a gay politician. He was, mm-hmm. he was also outwardly gay. Yeah. Uh, and Rustin is the story, so I'll read the log line, of mm-hmm. a gay civil rights activist, Bayard Rustin, who overcame an onslaught of obstacles and altered the course of American history by organizing the 1963 March on Washington. Somebody I hadn't heard of before, so I wow. about new Black historical figures who did things. That's amazing. That, you know, got all of us here to where we are today. Let's continue to honor those who came before us. And this is such a cool story. And I'm so glad that somebody is doing this. Yes. I think that's dope. I'm mad that I'm today years old when I heard uh, Baynard, you know, Rust's name. But, uh, amen, I'm glad we are going to, like, do something forth for him. And, yeah, let's improve our uh, public uh, school system, guys. But, yeah, this is great. Very upset too. What the hell? It's very disgusting. I didn't know who this was, but Mm -hmm. Southern public schools for not giving a fuck. Okay. (laughs) Or the East School, East Coast schools. Oh, dang it, man. Furks. Okay. So, um, this will be the first dramatized project and the second narrative project on Mr. Rustin. Entry about him premiered in 2003. It's called Brother Outside of the Life of Bayard Rustin. If y'all want to, I don't know, probably on Amazon. Everything is on Amazon these days. Right, right. There. Um, and yeah, so the Obama's production company, which I just mentioned, are producing mm-hmm. this film. They have other multiple projects in different stages of development at the Netflix. Okay. So this will be one of theirs coming down the pipeline. And glad that we're getting to see this story. Mm-hmm. Can we get to celebrate this? This, this uh, this, call it what it is. Season icon. Yeah, icon indeed. Moving. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the next story, the game revival has its teaser trailer, and I feel like this was already announced that Malik and Tasha Mack were going to be the leads. Or oh, okay. Revival. So when the revival got announced, I'm pretty sure they, because I, I already knew it, so I can't mm-hmm. it back then. Okay. Yeah, so the Taylor, y'all, the teaser of the Taylor. The teaser <laughs> Young will see um, Malik and Miss Tasha Mack, my fave character, mm-hmm. coming back. It was Paramount Plus. It nice. Was on 11th. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's good. <laughs> what? So the teaser just dropped, and y'all can check that out on the YouTube. You already know. And they also have some stills from there. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it, but uh, in the stills, we see Brittany, who was um, Jason and Kelly's little biracial daughter. She's all grown up, and I'm guessing she has a role, a big role in the revival, because a lot of the pictures have her in them. So mm-hmm. that is exciting. Because she was a little baby. No. Child back then. So very exciting. And I love me some Tasha Mack. I love me some Wendy. Um Raquel Robinson. She's dope. Um, she uh will be leading the revival because she was my favorite character from the original. So mm-hmm. Such a talented actress. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them to make sure I watch the teaser trailer and then watch it when it drops November 11th. If mm-hmm. you pay for plus, if you mm-hmm. don't, that's fine. Uh-huh. It's too many <laughs> <laughs> to be paid that's for. So bad. find a way to watch it though. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm not telling y'all the real face. 
Um, okay, so last one that we have is very weird. 50 Cent wants to star in a rom com in a commentage. Why? We all know 50 Cent is a weird thing. Always just saying things like he just talks and um, he just says <laughs> Um, yeah, he just says things. Just says things, yeah. We all know that he is very talented when it comes to entertainment, whether yeah. it's music or film and TV. Do not play with that man. Yeah. He is very smart when it comes to, especially when it comes to the entertainment industry outside yeah. of filming. Very smart. He knows how to play mm-hmm. when it comes to film and TV and, and all that entails. Yep, y'all are losing your minds off of BMF. They got like renewed for another season off the first episode. I was like, okay, go off. I don't even know what what is that BMF. I heard about I, it, but I don't know what exactly it is. Yeah. I think it's another spinoff from Power, but like, um, and I can look it up real quick, but it's another spinoff, but like it's almost like a prequel type thing. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, y'all know he's doing his thing with the power verse. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call it now. Mm-hmm. Power verse, and he was on um, a podcast, and he said that he thinks it would be fun to start opposite Nikki in a romantic comedy. Um, I'm mm. quote because it's not really nothing too special. <laughs> um, just a very weird statement. Something that nobody asked for. No one. Think that Nicki Minaj will be a good actress. Um, I don't think that she's actress. She she did have a cameo as herself in a movie once. Yeah. Um, did anything else? And yeah. I, was just, I think that she's almost like too dramatic for acting. Mm, not too dramatic for acting. Jesus. Ooh, dramatic for acting. Yeah. Oh, I know she's done some voiceover work because I used to watch Steven Universe and I think she played a uh, crystal gem in that. Oh, yeah. She's mm-hmm. known for voiceover because she's a, a great rapper. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her, though. I know she's been catching some heat off of some teams. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. like her. She still is one of the best female rappers. So. Mm-hmm. Whatever, but that would be interesting to see them in a rom com. It she's just very aggressive, like she. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? She was in the barbershop. The next cut. Oh, she was. Yeah, she? she was in that, and then I I googled real quick. She's in like Ice Age doing the voice voiceover work. It says that she was in the interview that was with Seth Rogen, um, the other woman. So Angry Birds. So yeah. She's yeah. The other woman was the one I think where she played like herself or like okay herself. Yeah. And I forgot about Barbershop, and I don't think she did like amazing in that. But mm, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. I think it would be interesting, and I don't think they should green light this. <laughs> but I would probably watch it. Yeah, I want to see. <laughs> I just want to see. Yeah, I the rom com girl. She's so like New York and like, yeah. She'd be like, "Get out my face, nigga!" Like, <laughs> like what's up? Be like, oh, I ain't about all that. Like, she would just. <laughs> that is so funny. Heard a rom com. Um, not saying Fifty Cent rom com either. I don't want to watch a rom com with him. I honestly do not. Mm-mm. <laughs> When I think of romantic teens, I do not think of him. Ugh. Right. Although there was a little moment where Vivica Fox was like, he was one of my best loves or whatever. I was like, if y'all don't stop, ugh, let's let's not. Mm-mm. No. Right, let's not. Let's just leave it alone, girl. Please. Please. Let's do that. I didn't have Nobody asked for that. Mm-mm, not at all. Absolutely not. No, man. So, yeah, that'll be all of our news stories for the day. Awesome. Um, we will take a quick, teeny little break and be back for our main segment. We're going to be reading a couple of scenes, you know, hey. from the pilot of Insecure, celebrating the uh, final season of the show. So, yes. We'll be right back. What up, y'all? We back. Yes, ma'am. And y'all know what time it is. It is time for our main segment. 
And this week we're doing a script read. And just as Corey said right before the break, we are doing a script read of the pilot of Insecure, one of, I think, one of the shows that definitely changed the culture and like I think has really cemented itself in like history in terms of like if you're gonna go like study this stuff like insecure will be one of those shows because it really it really captured a moment I think um in black comedy that wasn't giving a space to certain black people and showing them in a light that I think Hollywood is used to giving a chance to so I'm excited for the last season we all are um and yeah we're gonna be doing the script read and we're gonna be doing certain of course if this is your first time like we read certain portions and we just talk about why we like that scene kind of things what we can learn from that scene or if it's just like you know what we just liked it it's just our thing. That's it. No explanation. Like, period, point blank. Also, you guys should know, um, we'll definitely have a link to the actual uh, PDF of, like, where you can get it. But, like, you should keep in mind, like, a lot of times, even when me and Corey were reading it and also watching it again, there are a lot of things that are taken out because it's not the final, you know, um, script when it goes to production. They're constantly editing, even up to like recording. So just so you know, it might be different. So yeah. So for this one, we're going to be doing uh, the intro scene from uh, the actual um, pilot. Um, and we are gonna, I'm going to be reading stage directions and I'll be reading Issa and Corey, you will be playing all the school students <laughs> that she has to do a presentation in front of a whole bunch of middle schoolers. And if y'all remember middle school, it was hell on earth that they called education. It was the worst. Plus, um, everyone was, you know, going through their hormonal changes and acting a goddamn fool and being mean and rude. But hopefully your middle school experience was nothing like that. It was just wonderful, no embarrassing moments, all of that stuff. No awkward phases for you. But shoot, for me and my experience, it was I unfortunately one. Oh Lord, it was rough. Like just disgusting. Oh my gosh. Rough, 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 rough. But all right, let's get into it. You ready, Corey? Yes, ma'am. All right. Interior classroom moments later. Issa stands in front of a bored sixth grade classroom as Frida hands out brochures for We Got You, the educational nonprofit company they work for. The school's counselor, Justin, mid-30s Asian, stands next to her. We Got You offers after-school tutoring, mentoring programs, community service, standardized test coaching, big brother, big sister, and general filling in the cracks. Whatever it is you need to succeed, we got you. As the youth liaison, I can assure that we'll always have your back. Questions? Silence. Don't be shy, guys. Fire away. A sixth grade girl raises her hand. Why you talk like a white girl? Other students snicker. Frida does too. Issa is unsure how to answer that. Ha you caught me. I'm rocking black face. She laughs. Nothing. She turns to Frida for something. Frida mouths. That's racist. Any, any other questions? Another sixth grade girl raises her hand. What's up with your hair? Um, I don't know what you mean. My cousin can put some tracks in it unless you like it like that. Issa reaches her hair insecurely. You rude. She African. <laughs> we're, we're all from Africa, guys. <laughs> Let's stick to the questions about the program. Sorry. A sixth grade boy raises his hand. Is this what you always wanted to do? This question actually catches Issa off guard. Um, no, but I got this job after college and it fit my interests at the time. Are you single? I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> She's single. Okay, since you guys are so interested in my personal life, here it is. I'm 28 
eight, actually 29. Today's my birthday. I've been with my boyfriend for four years. I came from a great family. I have a college degree. I work in the corporate world, but I like to give, I like to give back. And I did this to my hair on purpose. I hope that covers everything. Does anybody have any questions about we got you? Why you ain't married? I'm just not right now. My dad says nobody's checking for bitter-ass Black women anymore. Everybody except Justin laughs. Cut to bathroom. Issa lapses into a, a rap rebuttal. That's why your daddy ain't shit. I'm surprised you know him. Oh, Kanye motherfucker, but he found him his kin. Classroom. A calm Issa stands as Justin intervenes again. Denise, that's the tension. Apologize now. Ugh, sorry. That's okay. And tell your dad that Black women aren't bitter. They're just tired of being expected to settle for less. A moment of what seems like a thoughtful silence turns into an eruption of laughter. Her outfit settled for less! Issa sighs as she watches the kids laugh at her in slow motion. They don't take her seriously, and why should they? I can't stand the white people at my job and black kids don't fuck with me. Why can't I be more like Molly? She's like the Will Smith of corporate. And scene. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that was the, I think that was actually the cold open. Yep. It was pretty spot on in terms of what happened and Mm -hmm dialogues mm-hmm. yeah but in this script there's actually a different cold open this actually wasn't the cold open so they decided to i guess bump this to the cold open yep and yep the different um decisions that happened. So they had a completely different cold open in this script but yeah yeah that scene the cold open in the end yeah i agree with you i think it was a smart decision and it goes to like you know what Issa has you know, already establishes like she's an awkward black girl, you know? So it's like these questions from these kids, like question her blackness, question her like singlehood or, you know, her marital status, all the things that at 29, she's like thinking of, you know? So, um, and of course they did it in true middle school way, which is, you know, being badass chairman. So yeah, that was good. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. So the next one we're going to do is the very sad-ass scene where um, Lawrence does not do anything for Sister. Chad. Chad. We're going to do it real quick. (laughs) Very disgusting. (laughs) This is kind of where you start to see, or you're starting to see kind of that inciting incident of the the, uh, breakdown of their relationships. Yeah. Very important scene as well. If, if y'all ain't know, y'all know now. Very important. Oh. So Judith glorifies her role as Issa in this sequel. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> and then I will be Mr. Lawrence. And yep. do, um, or I can do the uh, narration. Okay. That works. Yeah. All right, so interior studio apartment night. Issa takes a deep breath and opens the door. Before she can say anything, she finds a depressed Lawrence, 32, on the couch in his boxes watching YouTube videos. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Watching YouTube videos of people doing CrossFit. He halfway turns his head toward her. Happy birthday, babe. Issa closes the door behind her, trying to hide her irritation. Thanks. Why aren't you dressed? The show starts in 10, right? Lawrence passes spot on the couch. Issa reluctantly walks over and sits. I bought the interview. Jeez. I just got nervous and started saying stuff that didn't make sense. I didn't talk about anything that I could bring to the table. I just spit words out. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. No, I literally spit on him. Then I spilled hot coffee all over his desk. Never mind. I'm really sorry for ruining your birthday. Can we please just red box a movie or something? He takes her hand. I promise I'll make it up to you. Issa nods. He gives her a peck on the lips. Thanks. Let me just finish this video and then we can go to the 7-Eleven. 
He presses play and the bodybuilder on screen shouts at the camera. You want pecs? You want these abs? It takes fucking discipline. Stop making excuses and do it. Make it happen. It's not going to happen from sitting on your ass. Issa pulls out her phone, scrolls her Facebook messages. She clicks on Donnell's, who is actually Daniel's message and response. Thank you. I miss you too. And in scene. Yes. So, yeah, well read with the, um, in, uh, what is it, stage direction, by the way. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I really love how it just, you know, sets it up like their relationship in the beginning. You know what I mean? And like, even to see the, the end of the last season, how they kind of came full circle, you know, and the journey. But yeah, you can see Lawrence was in a space where he was depressed. Like, clearly he wasn't, you know, working and the jobs and like, he couldn't even like get out of that to even celebrate Issa's birthday, you know? And because of that, you know, lack of attention, somebody else gave her attention and she fell into that trap <sighs> that fine ass trap of uh you know in this in this cut it was donnell but it was really um daniel who made it with the name that made it to screen <laughs> yep yep mm-hmm. yep 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 so yeah all of that is true but actually when you look back on it he actually was depressed like yeah, he was yeah depressed guy mm-hmm yeah. And it's funny because like a lot of times in this in real life when we do dialogue, we don't talk about that stuff, right? It's yeah. the action where he's kind of getting lost and kind of dissociating and you know, kind of in his own feelings, but not really saying like, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm depressed. Or sometimes, you know, they don't have the words. So I thought that was actually really realistic that they didn't address it in that way. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, very true. Mm-hmm. All right. Authentic. All right, we're going to read the last scene for y'all. It's a little bit longer. Let me get to the page here. Let me too. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess this is the climax of the episode, I would mm-hmm. say. It feels climaxy. Yeah. Wait, this is before she wraps, right? Uh, this is leading up. This is um kind of like leading up to them going to the club and then leading up to that rap. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the building up mm-hmm. of, of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you don't know what rap we're talking about, we're talking about Issa deciding to share a song called Broken Pussy. So, <laughs> it is classic. Classic. Um, and this, um, so wait, I'm gonna be Issa and I'll do stage direction. Corey, who you gonna play? I am playing, um, so you're playing Issa and Jared. I'm playing, oh, Jared, excuse me, mm-hmm. Molly and Donnell slash Daniel. <laughs> so weird that his name was that is so so strange. Okay, yeah, let's think of Donnell Jones. Okay. Every time. That's very black of us, maybe by the way. It. Maybe that's how they changed it. Yeah, Donnell was like, excuse me, there can only be one Donnell. And we're like, <laughs> really? All right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you do. We don't want no smoke. No, no smoke with Donnell Jones, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we will get into it. Again, I'll be doing stage direction, Issa and Jared. Cool. All right. Interior studio apartment living room night. Issa walks out of the bathroom to find Lawrence eating cereal in their kitchen. He reacts to her outfit. Wow. What are you getting dressed up for? I'm taking Molly out tonight. On a date? Should I be jealous? She's just really upset and I want to make her feel better. What's wrong with her? She doesn't think she'll ever get married. Lawrence almost spits out his cereal, laughing so hard. Issa shakes her head and goes to get her purse and things. <laughs> she might be on to something. Don't be a dick. Tell me she's not dramatic. You don't even know what she's going through. Dating is hard. Not if she stops taking it so seriously. Plus, her standards are way too high. Yeah, maybe she should lower them, like I did. Oh, ooh, did she say that out loud? Lawrence looks offended. What the fuck? Never mind. Sorry. What does that mean? 
It means sometimes I wonder what the fuck we're doing. Uh, we're together. Yeah, but where are we going? Is this it? Are we really here? Hey. Because maybe I didn't know it before, but I know now that I don't want it to just sit on the couch and wait for something to happen for the rest of my life. What are you talking about? Nobody's just sitting on the couch. I'm just getting my shit together. You've been getting your shit together for four years. I feel like we're both wasting our time and I don't have time to waste. Lawrence has taken aback. So is Issa. She can't believe she's saying this. So what are you saying? I'm saying maybe we should get our shit together separately and see what happens. Issa's phone rings. It's Molly. You want to break up with me? Molly's downstairs. I'm going to spend the night at her house. We can talk about it tomorrow. Issa. Issa vaults out the door, leaving Lawrence bewildered with his bowl of cereal. Interior Casey's night. Molly and Issa enter Casey's and survey their surroundings. Grown-ass thugs and wannabe rappers crowd the stage and the bar area. Molly turns to Issa. This is not what she expected. Issa, why are we in 1997 Inglewood? I don't know. I've never been here before, but I've heard really good things. From who? Some of your middle school crips? Issa turns to Molly. Can you stop being all judgmental? We're supposed to have fun tonight. I could have taken you to some stuck-up Hollywood spot with a bunch of assholes, but we're here. Let's just have fun tonight. Molly glares and gives Issa the broken pussy, Marge Simpson groan, and nods in, a, in agreement. Fine. You're buying me a drink. Interior Casey's bar moments later. Molly, excuse me, Molly sips her drink as Issa takes a kamikaze shot and listens to an emotional rapper on stage. So are y'all broken up or not? I think so. I told him how I felt and his last words were, you want to break up with me? And you said yes? No, you called. And I told him I was spending the night at your house, but I'm pretty sure he got the message. That sounds incomplete. You're incomplete. We need to find you somebody. Issa's eyes wander as she reaches for Donnell in the crowd, or she searches for Donnell in the crowd. Every dude in here has a baby mama. Fact. Issa sees a group of guys. Listen, bougie bitch, half of this, half of the guys are cute. Let's just go stand by them and see, see if they notice you. Since when are you party partisan? I usually have to drag your ass out. Issa grabs Molly's hand and another drink and drags her to a different section of the party where the guys have congregated. She simultaneously scans the crowd for Donnell. The emo rapper is still going strong. Crying on my bathroom floor, full of tears. When my baby mama left me, said I couldn't face my fears. Issa and Molly stand by the group of guys, trying to look as casual as possible. Possible, Dancing, laughing loudly, toasting, doing the most. A cute guy from the group finally notices and approaches them. Molly perks up. How you ladies doing tonight? Good. Cute guy extends his hand to Molly. I'm Jared. Molly smiles. Hi, Molly. Issa extends her hand. I'm Issa. Jared doesn't notice her hand. <laughs> you ladies performing? Heck no. We didn't even know it was that kind of party. Oh, word? Wait, are you performing? Hell no. Molly laughs. Thank God. My little brother is, though. But I don't think he's in his... I don't think this is his crowd. Oh, uh, he's not a gin and juice, smoke weed every day, fuck bitches, get money type of guy? Jared cracks up. He likes juice in his skinny jeans, so nah. <laughs> Molly smiles and gives Issa a look. Issa gives her a thumbs up and goes back towards the bar. As she wanders awkwardly back to the bar, she feels a tap on her shoulder. Issa? Issa turns around to find a ridiculously attractive, picturesque, didn't do him justice Donnell. Her faux excitement actually seems genuine. Hey, whoa, what are you even doing here? My friend is performing tonight. I produced some of his tracks. What are you doing here? Um, my friend Molly, she suggested here this place where we are. 
What a coincidence. How was your birthday? Um, it was pretty chill. Nothing special. Well, we're celebrating tonight. Your cup's empty. Let me handle that. Donnell takes Issa's hands and brings her to the bar. Across the room, Molly, who is now sitting and talking with Jared, notices Donnell take Issa across the room. Time lapse. A freestyle rapper takes the stage and begins to perform, capturing the attention of Donnell and the other party goers around him. Issa and Donnell are both pretty tipsy, having a great time people watching. I just don't understand why these grown-ass men are still dressing like crisscross. I bagged you looking like crisscross. I was in high school. I thought prison jeans were sexy. And you didn't bag me until college. Fuck you very much. I'm pretty sure my jeans were still sagging. Well, I'm just glad your pants grew up. And applause as the freestyle rapper finishes. Donnell and Issa join in clapping. Yo, remember when we used to rap? You still flow? Ha! <laughs> I've been writing a lot of different thoughts out, actually. Donnell's mind is blown. You're lying. The MC of the evening takes the stage. All right, y'all. Open mic, singers, rappers, get it off your chest. Donnell turns to Issa excitedly. I dare you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Come on, East. It was just your birthday. You're never going to have this moment again. Issa looks toward the stage. His word obviously have obviously have weight. She stares at the microphone, the crowd, and then she's bathroom. Issa stands in front of her mirror. This is her safe space, safe place. She's not rapping right now. She's just staring at herself. The bathroom door swings open and Issa slowly walks out, lounge, and then suddenly she's on stage tapping the mic. Well, what up, y'all? Mike feedback, silent stares, angle on, Molly and Jared. Jared points to the stage. Isn't that your girl? Molly turns to see Issa on stage. What the fuck? Angle on, a 90s instrumental plays as Issa clears her throat and begins. A slightly tipsy list accompanies her rap. <sighs> Love rookie. She gives them all her cookies. By cookies, I mean pussy. See this girl, she's kind of loosey. Niggas take her off the shelf. Put her on credit 30 days later. They return it and regret it. Used it like a dish rag. Dump with the hashtag. I blame it on the pussy. That shit must be bad. Broken pussy. Maybe it's disease. Maybe it's the form. Broken pussy. Angle on Molly looks on horrified and mortified as the crowd laughs. No, she did not. Oh my God, she's talking about me. Jared, who was previously chuckling, turns to her, kind of disturbed and disgusted. She's talking about you? The crowd starts to cheer along. Nobody wants you because you got a broken pussy. Angle on Donnell, looking at East's performance with awe and intrigued as some of his friends laugh. Maybe it's disease, maybe it's deformed. Broken pussy. Angle on Molly, who looks angry and hurt. Jared has left. When the song is finished, Issa stands before the audience who cracks up laughing and gives her a big applause. The MC jogs on the stage and grabs the mic like one would grab a used tissue. All right, give it up for... Issa, Issa D. Issa walks off the stage looking out at the cheering audience, beaming. Issa D and her broken pussy, y'all. <laughs> Sorry. She looks for Donnell immediately, but doesn't see him. Instead, she sees Molly's glare, but it's too shell-shocked to notice. Issa is riding on her post-performance high. Oh, shit, that was amazing. I'm still shaking. I can't believe I did that. Molly can't either. Issa looks for Donnell once more. Where'd he go? In uh, NC. And see, mm-hmm. that was like the climactic. Yes, it was. In the pilot, where we mm-hmm. start to see Issa, she's you know wanting to get out of a rut. She's feeling like her life is feeling all stagnant and whatnot. Right. So this is the moment where we start to see her like start to make different decisions. Yep. So, get out of her comfort zone and this is kind of where everything starts to pick up for the rest of the season and show 
Yeah, I agree with you. And it, it does a great job of highlighting the conflict between Issa and Molly. And just like we see now, full circle, even at the end of season three, like they have issues and they start, even though they're best friends in the beginning, there were clearly some conflicts that weren't as major as they were at the end. But that was like the snowball, the catalyst of, you know, how they are sometimes to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very important scene lots going on yes funny we love that scene and we love insecure yes ma'am are so sad it's going to be last season y'all yes season five i don't let me see the premiere date i know season five premiere i think it's going to be the end of october i feel like October 24th. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming out on the Halloween. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> of the Halloween. <laughs> so we, yeah. So we went from the pilot and now we're on the last season. Crazy. Yeah. 500 years ago now it feels like oh my gosh it's crazy but now she's like you know building the Issa Ray empire out here with other projects on the works a whole ass reporting company all the things but so big yes. teams yes. she is building up that empire stacking them shmoneys mm-hmm. all I really care about as long as you smack uh, smacking you smack <laughs> Those <laughs> niggas too. Okay. You are stacking them shmoneys for your mm-hmm. family and your future generations. Ciao. You gotta do it. Wow. So shout out to her and make sure y'all read that pilot. And it's helpful to watch it or to read it while you're actually watching it. Yes. What got cut out? Mm-hmm. What dialogue cut out because it helps you with your writing so you can see like okay this got cut out so maybe in my own writing I shouldn't add the similar things like this in mind because it's going to end up getting cut out um mm-hmm. yeah it just makes your your script more lean and more um it just makes it look better when you know people who are experienced or networks are looking at it mm-hmm. makes it seem like okay like she knows what is going to end up on the screen right it makes it seem like they don't have a lot of work to do with the script. Which right. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy we got to read that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. checking out the last season, season five, coming at the end of October. Maybe yes. If you haven't read this, read this pilot, go ahead and read it while you watch the pilot. And just go ahead, you know what? Just watch all of Insecure. Yes. Catch up. Catch up. Last season, that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, and that's on period. So, yes. So, with that, that is the end of our main segment. But, um, yeah, we're gonna get right into our last segment. It's one of my favorite segments um, because it has a great title. It's called Niggas You Should Know. And it says it all. This is where we highlight black and brown um, creatives in the industry who, you know, deserve to be highlighted for the work that they do and constantly doing great and amazing things. So my nigga you should know this week is Coleman Domingo. You heard him earlier being attached to a project with Netflix with uh, Bay uh, for the life of uh, Bay Yard um, Austin, I believe his name is. Forgive me. This is a civil rights. Leader. Here we go. Bayard Rustin. See, again, public school failed me. But yes, he will be in that project with all the greats. But he's an amazing, amazing actor, writer, and director. I didn't even know he directed too. Um, he's known for his performance both on stage and on screen. So <laughs> get into it. Um, he gained acclaim of his performance of Mr. Bones in the Broadway musical, The Scottsboro Boys, in 2011. Which which earned him a Tony Award for Best Feature Actor in a Musical. Okay, so uh, he knows his craft. Okay, be on that stage, honey. He also uh, is known for his performances in Steven Spielberg's Lincoln, Ava DuVernay's Selma, Barry Jenkins' If Bill Street Could Talk, uh, George C. Wolfe's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Gencia Bravo's Zola, which was actually that um, movie based off a, a Twitter thread, actually. 
So, yes, big ups to him. I mean, he was born in Philly. First of all, I mean, he looks so young. And this says he was born in 1969. I was just like, what? I'm sorry. Again, Benjamin Button. I was like, I'm sorry. So that would make him 51 years old. And of course, Black Don't Crack. So again, (laughs) Um, a little background on him. Um, He was born in Philly, like we said earlier, but his father's from Belize. Um, And his family has Guatemalan heritage. So, you know, Afro-Latino, come on. So yeah, he's yeah he he's doing the damn thing out here. Um, he actually joined the uh, Directors Guild of America. Um, he's directed twelve episodes of season four of The Walking Dead. So yeah, he's working, and of course he's a writer too. Um, he wrote uh, Up Jump Springtime. He wrote A Boy in His Soul, which was for theater. I mean, yeah, he's um and he's yeah he is definitely that nigga you should know um and i'm so glad that like he is getting consistent work i'm so glad that he got that tony award and let's make sure i mean all the work that he's doing like maybe he can be um getting his egot with the rest of you uh working um wonderful talented folks in hollywood so yeah coleman domingo check him out you've seen him in all the things oh yeah and he was also in Candyman, the recent Candyman. so yeah he's doing big things big things yes 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 mm-hmm. he's so talented and i can mm-hmm. all the things and i'm mm-hmm. watching him play mr rustin mm-hmm. i'm sure he'll do a phenomenal job because why would he not he's yeah He's amazing. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Domingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, name Coleman Domingo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so I have my girl, mm. Robert Simmons. Yes. Yes. Management. Real <laughs> <laughs> fan. Go on. Um, I was introduced to her because she was in the Steve Harvey show. Oh, come on. Regina uh, Piggy Greer. I actually didn't like the Steve Harvey show, but I only had basic cable, so that's what came out. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, though? That's real talk. That's real talk. So I watched it. Um, I actually liked it, but I liked her. Always. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, y'all know her as Tasha Mack of Tasha Mack Management. Right. Um, <laughs> Reprising in the um, revival, like we have been talking about. Um, so yeah, let me do a little quick dive of her. Oh my god! So her filmography is is actually way longer than uh-huh. um, than we got time to talk about because that's okay. busy. So I'm gonna get working. Her little career. She's from LA. She attended the Howard University HU. Come on. Graduated cum laude. Come on. Fine arts drama. Debut in 1993, an episode of Martin. Oh, I need to find that. Come on, I gotta find that. Come on, I need to find that. That's so cool. I would love to see her acting debut. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same year, she guest starred on episodes of Thea and the Sinbad Show. Oh, and Thea. She co starred on the short lived NBC comedy or sitcom Minor Adjustments. Mm-hmm. After that was when she was on the Steve Harvey Show as the Regina Greer, the princess. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> seasons. I didn't even know. Wow. Um, and then after that, she was on the sketch comedy series Cedric the Entertainer Presents mm. with Mr. Steve Harvey and obviously Cedric. Um, wow. And then she also made guest appearances on the Pacas, All of Us, The New Avengers of Old Christine. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in The Walking Dead. Okay. Go off. In, in line between love and hate. Ringmaster 2 can play that game. Love Turn 2 can play that game. And Rebound. And then she was also in Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. I'll sure remember her. And that she was Miss California. So I like to turn that as well. And then, yeah, so the last recent years, she has um, been in the game. We all know the game leaves and comes back, leaves and comes back. Mm-hmm. We always get to see Miss Tasha Mack doing her thing. Yes. So we are excited. Super excited. Oh, so she also had a recurring role on The Mayor. Which oh, yeah. For like, they got canceled pretty quick. But, it did. Uh, 
She was in that thing, though. Yes, she was. Ted oh. Danson. Ted Danson. Yeah. Yeah, Ted Danson was in that. But also, she also played Issa's mom in Insecure in the last season. What? How yeah. is that? Where the f- was I? Yeah, she plays her mom. <gasps> Ooh, so that makes everything just that much mm-hmm. full circle. That yep. makes that much more better. And like I said before, y'all better watch um her in reprising her role as Tasha Mack in the game revival on Paramount Plus coming out pretty soon. Yes. Already, but I know it's like it's soon. I know that thing about to come out and <laughs> I better figure out how you're going to watch it and support my girl, Wendy Raquel Robinson, a beautiful, long career, and mm-hmm. uh, we got a lot more ahead of us. I know that for sure. I know that's right. I know that's right. So, there y'all have it. Those are our niggas you should know. I mean, Coleman Domingo and uh, Miss Wendy Raquel Robinson. Like, honestly, amazing. <laughs> Yes, motherfucking ma'am. Yes. So yeah, that is the end of the episode. Episode yeah. 92. Ooh, ooh. We are creeping up to my honey's child. Wow. For the honey. Oh my gosh. Something cute and fun. And wow, ma'am. That just means that we have been working, okay? Working. <laughs> the work that we do here. We know y'all do. Cause y'all yes. <laughs> Yes. You know, y'all do. So, yeah, episode 92. And yes. Following us on all the things, Tinsel Towns Tea. Yes. Y'all doing all the things, so subscribing, liking, rating, whatever you can do, just know it helps us out. And we are. Yes. And thank y'all for listening as usual. Yeah, we're on all the things since the Tom Tea, like Corey said. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to interact with y'all. And uh, yeah. That's the last episode. We're just going to say goodbye. And yeah, stay black and keep writing, y'all. Yes, ma'am. Keep writing for sure. Right. uh, Don't let Freddie Cook get your ass in. Okay. Name. Okay. Don't play, don't play with that. Don't play, y'all. Come on now. Don't do that. Leave him alone. <laughs> my goodness. Woo. My God. All right, y'all. We gotta get out of here. All right. Love y'all. Yes. Bye in the name of Jesus. Okay. Amen. <laughs>